Hi guys, producer Jane Neild here. Just before we kick off this episode, we actually filmed it. So if you would like to watch and listen to Hutchie and Damo for the final episode of The Sounding Board for 2021, jump on our socials, look for the links on Twitter or Facebook, and then you can enjoy The Sounding Board and The Soundies with video as well. Thanks for listening. This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company for the final time in 2021 on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Hachi's lampooned us back into, or harpooned us back into the main studio here at uh, South Bank for this final Episode 44, Series 6 of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise, Craig Cutchison. And the last time you have to interrupt your 22 weeks annual leave, Damo, so it's nice to see you, and I know you're a little bit foggy because you've been doing the rounds, shaking hands, kissing babies, thanking everyone for the year. <laughs> so it's nice to see you, and uh, happy, Merry Christmas to you, Damo. What do you got planned for the holidays? Uh, nothing at this stage, just uh, as we speak, uh, the boys have still got a little bit of schooling left, not much, but a little bit, and beyond that, Hutchie, we've just left it completely open. I'd imagine I'll be hitting the road at some stage in the in the car, just driving up north a little bit, but uh, nothing locked in yet, Bing. because that potential yeah. trip that you and I, or you mooted some weeks ago overseas, probably not. Have you ruled that out on the back of the variant? I don't rule anything in. I don't rule anything out these days, but uh, it's probably drifted into the uh, less than 50% chance, I think, yep. Hachi. As, yes. as a, a fundamental conservative in life and a warrior, which we I respect, by the way. I don't mock it. I respect it. But you, no, you, no you, you don't respect it. You do mock how, it. How worried are you about the variant? Well, I'm not, but interestingly enough, a lot of people seem to be, don't they? There's a there's a race to be worried again, isn't there? It's a it's it's a, it's the race within the race. This one. Well, what I found, and I, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Obviously, just read up like everybody else, but you need to read a lot of content to get remotely to the centre of the truth because fear sells. Everyone is pushing the fear product because it's driving clickbait and consumption. I don't know about you. I've read more online stories in the last three days than I have in a month. So See, I, I don't anymore because th- th- those articles, Hachi, are just handpicked from other articles, I reckon. There's no experts on this apart from the popular people trained in the space. And getting access to those people, you can turn a blind eye to some you don't want to listen to as well. You've got to go behind the paywall to figure out what, you know, it's here and it's there's already X cases, then you go behind the paywall and it's but, in Howard Springs. But in what's Montana. it mean? What's it mean? Very, very tricky to find Omicron out. is what we're talking about, yeah. the latest variant. Not a very marketable no, term, is it? No, Delta was, wasn't it? Delta was easy to market. Very um, old but, school. But you anyway. notice that? It, it is predictable, isn't it? The, 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 I don't want to single out news outlets, but... That's all no. we ever do here is single out news outlets. Well, it would, be, it would be unfair to single out one over another, but the, I reckon there was one news outlet I watched last night that went for more than 50% of its total time on air for that period talking about this new wave that's going to yeah. hurt us again. Fear, fear sells, and yeah. it's genuine. I guess there's some genuine, real genuine concern about it. So It's uh, predictable though, isn't it? That, that's fair enough. I've got a couple of, couple of things just to land with you off the top before we get into our- Just on that, just before we do- um, I've never, in the previous waves of it, I hadn't come across it personally too much. Um, like I think everyone knew someone who knew someone, or, or you might have had one point of contact, multiple this time around. Well, I'd, I'd even say, uh, I'd say a dozen people I know reasonably well. I'd say inner city, which is where yeah. we generally hang out. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a sad reality. It's yeah. gone from- Have you noticed that yourself though? Just this last Every, batch of it? Everywhere. Yeah. 
and not much that can be done. And hopefully we it slows down a little bit. And you know, Sydney seems better. 150-odd cases a day. We're still at 1,000 here, and it seems to be like the profile of those 1,000 cases is really headed into you know, inner-city bars and restaurants. And Yep. So just for this uh, this show today, Hutchie, and, and this is uh, you've actually in on this plan, which is unusual for you. You've done a little bit of prep. No, I've done no prep. Well, I saw you for 30 seconds as you were having your coffee from the cafe there as we walked in today. But we're, we're going to do the standees today. We are, we've been talking about the standees for a could good be a, nine months, I think. Could be a spectacular failure and very much like playing at the back end of a season. Yeah. We've got all summer to think about it if it doesn't go our way too. <laughs> That's the problem we've got. Uh, just before we get into the soundies, yep. I saw Matt Doran's speech on Sunrise on Sunday. Yep. I'm sure most of you would have seen it on social media, if not live on the program. Two two things sprung to mind. The the, the reporter who, who didn't listen to Adele's album before yep. interviewing Adele and then Sony, the record company, effectively pulling the content yep. of the interview for that reason. One, his apology was pitch perfect. Mm. If you are looking at how to handle a public situation... I thought of you when I watched it. He, he was genuine, warm... Took a lot of heat. Contrite. More than he needed to. Took more blame than he was owed. Yeah, he Way more blame than he was In fact, he didn't need to admit to half the stuff he did admit to. And his references to, subtle references to a line in the song, as Adele herself writes. Oh, you like that? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Because it spoke to... It's I good that he's read it, listened I, to it now. I ended up listening yeah. to it, is what he's saying. But, yeah. I, and, and, but you worked that out for yourself. <laughs> and I thought the way he handled it was superb. Delivery and, was good. I flew to London to interview Adele, an unspeakable privilege, and what was to be one of the highlights of my career. I made the terrible mistake of assuming we weren't to be given a preview copy of this album because our interview was airing before it was released and Adele's album was the industry's most prized secret. The day after, after we landed in London, an email came through from Sony. It didn't mention Adele, but it did contain a link to her album. The genuine, dead set, hand on heart truth is that I missed it. By an absurdly long margin, the most important email I've ever missed in my life. Uh, it seemed to be an auto-queued delivery, it was but, but I, I thought it was I, very I good. I watched closely whether it was auto-queued. And? I'm, I'm certain it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certain it was. I reckon he went off auto-queued a little bit oh. off script. I reckon there was a little bit of freestyle in the middle, but yeah. it was it was an auto-queued It was there if he needed it. And yeah. it is a, the quintessential example of handle how to handle, and you look at the reaction he got, mm. On a largely you know, negative Twitter world, which is getting worse by the day, people he won people over, and that's how you you can build your brand off a mistake. Off a mistake. Yeah, you've always said that. It was over the top. Though. We, we touched on it this time last week. How over the top it had already got to with regard to the yep. criticism of him. And as well, and, and we we also discussed the uh, the element of the the control of the content of the interview from Channel Seven by the record company, which uh, pulled the access to it, even though they'd filmed it and paid for it. So there was that aspect you, of it too. You were that earlier. I, I, my views um, stiffened over the week, just thinking about it, like. You were onto this earlier about how outrageous the behaviour of the of Sony was on this. Oh, I'm with you. He he is doing them a favour, <laughs> but he's the, the Channel Seven's paid. They they paid to do them a favour, right? Full so, cross. Yeah, that's what ha- what happens when you buy something and are helping someone. Is the is it who owes who what gets distorted on the way through? That's happened here. You, you weren't big on that last week, though, has he? You are now. He's entitled to do as much or as little preparation yeah. as he wants for the interview. It only and reflects on him and him alone at the end of the day. And as I said, Hutchie, I think there were 427,000 things I would have rather had done myself yep. than listen to an Adele album. And I'll tell you what will happen next time around is the oh, – I think what will happen is the television networks will, will take a sterner view on the – 
Um, well, what comes the, with the product? The veto clause. I can't yeah. remember it ever being used before. So that, that clause, you're going to look at that now and say, well, I'm not signing that. Look well, maybe you don't know if it's been used before. This one got public, didn't it? Very that, quickly. That's fair. So yeah. he handled it super. He might be going home at dinner at night saying, can you believe the hoo-ha about this? And I can't. Anyway, I'm going to man up and take my medicine tomorrow. But he handled it perfectly. And Did you like the fact that it came late in the show too in question? The first time he'd, he'd probably ha- properly had the chance to, to apologise. So... You're watching, you're watching, you're watching. You're knowing it's coming. Is it like a nice little tease element to it as well, was it? Well, I'll tell you exactly what would happen there is the EP would be A, trying to make sure that happened at the end of the show to hold the audience for the whole show. Yep. And B, the EP would have been more nervous than than Matt himself because the network heavies would have been oh. <laughs> make sure he gets this right. Have you checked it? You would know? it have gone <laughs> as high as the Kerry Stokes heavy? No, I don't think so. Might have. I don't think so. It didn't have any political consequence, so you know I think it just stays at the kind of exec level. But there was a lot of eyes on it, and it was perfectly handled. And it should become part of his stick now. He should laugh about himself. Yes, ongoing. That's the key to it now. Yeah. And, and and we reckon we suggested this last week. It might have been a bit raw for him at that point in time, but we suggested an old school footy show style of parody with him singing an Adele song as part of the recovery process. Yes, that would be a fair parody, wouldn't it? And I think if you want to be honest, Matt's got a a strong profile. Well, had it, but he's got a much stronger profile now. Like his his brand, his own brand, grew through it. If, if three times as many Australians don't know who he is now as yeah. three weeks ago, I'll go. Hey, yep. Hutchie, we talked about political fallout and, and, and whatnot, and we did thrash out the whole Tim Payne situation on the show last week. The follow-on effect of it was that uh, Pat Cummins has since been made captain, Steve Smith vice-captain. I still can't get my head around Steve Smith having any form of official leadership in Australian cricket, given what happened in South Africa in 2017. I, I just cannot get my head around it. I, I'm all for I'm, – I'm the number one ticket holder of the everyone deserves a second chance – Bandwagon. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But it doesn't mean you get a second chance at what you once had. You get a second chance at the generics, not the specifics. And I know the vice captain is different to the captain, but let's face it. He is going, he, the way he carries himself inside that locker room, the way Pat Cummins will toil and bowl 25 overs on a hot day and have not had the heavy space, he's going to become the quasi captain of this, this cricket yeah, team very I, quickly. It feels like a co captaincy to me. Almost. It almost feels like yeah. he's captain, but publicly we'll no, make Pat. I don't agree with that. Pat's his own man, but it, there'll be autonomy decision making. I've got no problem with it. I think it was the right soft landing. Enough time's gone by. It's leadership, now, though, Hutchie. It's leadership. This guy was in charge of something that that, that will forevermore be sp- – in 50 years' time, they'll still be talking about the day the Australians cheated with sandpaper yeah, on a cricket ball. that's true. And well, it might even be 100 years. We are a redemption nation. We are, and, and I'm glad we are. And I'm glad he's got the chance to redeem, and he has, but not as a captain in an official was, what capacity. What was the alternative? Oh, mate, toasted cheese sandwiches in his pocket. That was the alternative. Like, what, what, were the, what was the alternative, really? Well, there, there was always alternatives. Ham they, cheese they, and tomato. Hutchie, they pitchforked Tim Payne in outside of the Tasmanian team to be the captain, effectively. Yep. Mitch, so, Mar- Mitch Marsh, to warn his idea, was probably the only other I didn't option. mind that idea. Yep. I mean, I know he's got his detractors, Matty Wade, but... Matty Wade. He really fails to deliver. He made 200s in the last Ashes series. I know he's got his distractors, but you, you talk about what are the options? There's an option. Mitch Marsh, yes, there's an option. There, there were yep. options there. I agree with you with Manus Labashan. I, I wouldn't have had him anywhere near it the way he carries on. But Fair chance Alex Carey will be the vice captain inside 12 months, isn't there? Yeah, but see, I don't like that idea. I mean, you've got to, to me, your ability, I know we've historically had people like Bob Simpson came out of retirement to help us through there for a while. To me, you've got to have 
you, you're almost your best player as captain. Maybe you should make a comeback for your Sheffield Shield days and write an opinion piece. Get some comments from Martin Stillman or Tony Donamade or, you know. Les, Les Stillman. Les Martin, St- Martin was the son, I think. <laughs> Les Stillman. <laughs> Tony Donamade or Darren Ramshaw. Or like, dig up one of, you know. Great Johnny Scholes. Simon was, uh, Davis. Uh, Dav Watmore. Oh, yeah, Johnny Scholes was quite a boy. He, he was a great Dav man was to deal with. Dav was a great man to deal with, yeah. Well, you, I'll tell you why Johnny Scholes was good Sean to Sean Graff. was good to you. Oh, Sean was a dollar quite in the old day. He's still running cricket in Victoria. Still still a dollar mm. quite. Uh, Dav, uh, Johnny Scholes was a North Melbourne supporter, wasn't he? Big North Melbourne man. I think man. he played football yeah. for good, North Melbourne, didn't he, I good, think? Good mates yeah. with Dennis Pagan. That's why you would have liked him. He was a good man, no, he, should, he should dig up some of the old Victorian you know, alumni, Damo, and ask him to write an opinion piece. Simon Davis. Simon Davis. Simon O'Donnell. <laughs> Tony Dottermaid's got a yes. Yeah, where, where did I see him bob up recently? As in, as in, in a very prominent role. He's come Select, back from selector for cricket Australia. There you go. He's the third yeah. selector and one of the one of the really good men, as far as I could tell, Hutchie, to deal with. Yep, yeah. he hasn't got Foxtel yet, but that's okay. You better watch the televised games. <laughs> Is that right? No, I used to make. Yeah, it was Merv Hughes. Didn't it was a long running joke of uh, <laughs> yep. William Pickering uh, himself about Merv didn't have Foxtel. Now tell me, did he go to the pub to watch the cricket? <laughs> Pick the team. <laughs> I got to go down the local. There was wisdom in his madness move. You had to go to the pub to watch cricket. Uh, I'm underprepared for the soundies. Oh, yeah? But I'm happy to have a casual look back at the year. Oh, yeah? But you can, for sake of a bit of fun, you can play your over the top opener if you before want. We do, before we do, one more topic. Uh, the Perth Test matches, yep. null and void now, I would have thought. We, we, it always looked to be 100 to 1. There was a late pitch with border issues and, and protocols that, that may have been uh, appeasing to the tourists, but it seems, I would say now, not happening. I would have thought Hobart might have shot itself in the foot too when it ca- when it came to the statement the cricket Tasmania made against Cricket Australia last week over the handling of the Tim Payne thing. Does that come into play when and if and don't tell me it doesn't. Does it come when, into play when Cricket Australia sits down and thinks should we give this this now free Test match oh. to Hobart or or double up in Sydney or Melbourne? What happens here? Put it this way: the only people less likely to host the Perth Test. It's Tasmania at the moment, and it's unfortunate. But is I it because of the statement? I think it's a, yeah, it contributes for sure. Or, well, well, it shouldn't. Should it? Cricket Australia should be big enough to, to give it to that venue, which deserves it. As a one-time Sheffield Shield beat writer, you should know cricket is built upon politics, particularly this country's. It is the most political system. sport. It's still run by the states, though. Cricket here in Australia, the CA answer to the states. Yeah, they do. Yeah, mm. yeah. Which is part of the fundamentally is that there's a. Uh, structural issue. Um, so do you, they, they would have made that statement knowing the decision has already been made to not give them the test. Is that what you're saying? Because, Hachi, yeah. I can't recall. When, there's, when you talk about umbrellas of operations, any body that works beneath the main body, as Cricket Tasmania does in the Cricket Australia hierarchy, I've never seen anything as pointed as that last week. That that, that actually was almost personal, some of yeah. those comments. Yeah, there's a, I, I liked it. I loved it. There's a and, I, and I didn't disagree with you know some of it fundamentally if cricket australia cannot get itself to being above the states in the structure it's how does it ever get autonomy to do what it needs to do yeah i'll leave me aside its opinions by the way did you read the sydney morning herald story on the background of the tim payne story coming out uh was that the one yeah yeah on I, I, I believe i did yes where yeah. the, it was revealed that the story was taken to the sydney morning herald and channel 9 no, I didn't, I didn't read ago. this one. No, I'm taking yeah. another one. Okay, tell me. About two years ago, Nine had the option of running the story. Right. And there was a producer, I think it was Sean Mulcahy, it was named in the paper, who had taken the story to Cricket Australia and thought about, and they got close to doing it, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen at the time. And 
according to the SMH, they felt that the source of the story this time around was not the victim in question. Okay. It calls into question, doesn't it, how it became public. Was that presented as we could have, we should have written, said, it was a, published story? It was a little bit of that, I think. You don't like that sort of journalism as a rule? Well, there a lot of people do it. Yeah. And a lot of people like... We, you, you either do it and, and live with the consequences, good or bad, of doing it, yeah. or, or and if you choose not to, you haven't got the right to mop it up. I agree with that. But a lot of people have got the secret burned a hole in my pocket defence, haven't they? Like, oh, we, we could have done this but didn't. And, you know, we wrote, and we're telling you now we could have, but we... So yeah. It wasn't quite that blatant, but there was a hint of it, I must admit, in the story. Yeah, okay. You, you would have told the story, would you, as a journalist? If you were back on your beat where you just you just basically went with anything you knew, and I mean that respectfully, I've always said that, because that was your approach. If, if you could prove it 100%, you, you would go with it. Would you have gone with it? I think you would have in your in your 20s, I think in maybe my, not in your 40s. I think in my young 20s, I absolutely would have. Yeah, yeah. but not in your 40s? Would that be a fair? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm very happily retired, but that way, 10 decade plus retirement. But the perspective on these matters comes into play, doesn't it? You get older, wiser, and yeah. Yeah. You grow, I think. But I, Well, I, I basically said that last week. I, I don't think I would have done it in my 40s or 50s. As I, am but, now. I mean, you understand the counter-argument to that, which is- Absolutely. Like, no, no. Yeah. And, and in fact, I, I feel bad in admitting to some of that sometimes. Yeah. You wanted to do something about the year in review, did you, before we got you, to the end? You take shortcuts. You've told us that during the year, and we, we, we respect that and appreciate it. What, what, what shortcuts have I taken? Well, you've, you've, you've let, let a few go through the keeper these days. For, for, for contextual reasons, yeah, yep. I do. Yeah, I'm very comfortable to do it now. Yep. Yeah. And you've earned that right because of your agenda. And, and I think the subjects of some of those issues, actually, to which you wouldn't even know about, would be grateful of that and respectful of it too. No names, no pack drill. Yep. Don't mean to sound like page 13, but an <laughs> all points bulletin for the summer. Right. My understanding is this, Damo. Yeah. That never before have the PAP business in Australia been briefed as often as they are being briefed by their subjects. Wow. What are you referring to, Archie? I'm talking, it doesn't discriminate men, women, young, old. There is a lot of briefing going on. I'm told the photographers' phones have never ran hotter. People repositioning themselves post-COVID, brand building, new emerges to public. People have been around a while, want to reinvent. If you see a picture in a paper yeah. and the person looks a little shocked at the, the, the photo, yeah. chances are they orchestrated it in the first place. And, I, and next time you go and see a photographer, you, next time you see a photographer in a park yep. on the corner of a street. He or she's there for a, a walk, reason. Walk up and ask them why they're there and how do they know the subject's going to be there. <laughs> I really I, wish I knew why you were raising this out of nowhere today because I, I know you well enough to know that, that you would be referring to something and someone very, very specific. You know what here. I reckon happened? People who were used to being photographed or wanted to be photographed for a long time had to deal with 18 months of deprivation. <laughs> And there is an overcorrection going on, don't I? Is it possible that, that whoever it is you may be referring to I'm not may, like, may, may normally may normally take great offence at being papped in a, in a public? I'm sense. saying there's dozens and dozens of public identities at the moment. They're I, ringing up the I photographers. I can rule out myself in the bushes at the footy show being one of them. <laughs> okay. That was an accident. Right. But there are a lot of subjects who have not been able to walk the same red carpets. Go to the same openings who have been indoors for a long time. But they're still getting their coffee at their local cafe and they might just let the photographer know they might be wearing a certain brand to walk down to grab coffee at 10.07 on a Tuesday morning. People you wouldn't believe, guys and girls, are briefing. And that's- but where, where's this stuff appear though, Hutchie? It's not, it's not necessarily in the mainstream media, is it? Yeah, or you, actually, it's in the Herald Sun. No, there's a lot of it going on. You just... Mm. Just keep a keen eye over the holidays at the amount of social pictures you see. 
of people who might be out for a run or they might be out for a walk. Or they can might be you tell me the... who it is you've bumped into? You've, you, I'm, I'm, you no, clearly... This, this has been building on me for weeks. This is not one person. This is like I'm talking dozens of public subjects. We used to operate in this space. Your, your company yep. actually set itself up in LA to be this type of organisation. We did, and it went on more than I thought when we when we did it. But really? I'm saying it's at, it's at fever pitch. The post-COVID <laughs> camera race is on. <laughs> There's only I'm, so many colours. I'm actually going to go out of my way to pay attention to this now because normally you see a photo of a smiling face. No, 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 turn it off. I'm going to pay attention to this. And people look a bit defensive being photographed. Yep. That might be. A, that might not be because they've been papped. It might be because the photographer was a couple of minutes late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scheduled time. Actually, we've done a little bit like Channel 7 did throw on the, the Throw to the soundies over No, no, no. We're, we're, we're doing what Channel 7 did with Matt Doran. We're just... People know it's coming. We're just making sure it's not going to be any good. Let's get it out of the way. Do you, do you want to reflect on the year before in any way before we, we get to the Sandies, or do you want to leave a little bit at the end of the set? Because the Sandies could fall really flat. Damo, it's time for. It's going to fall flat. <laughs> Welcome to the inaugural The Soundies Awards with Craig Hutchison and Damien Barrett. So, as you'd expect from us, we're fundamentally underprepared. <laughs> this is going to be nothing but tongue in cheek. Jane's actually got a fresh hope now. That's our first fresh opener on this show, Hudson. And it's going to go over a lot of old jokes. And if you've lost interest at this <laughs> point, series whatever, episode whatever, 17 minutes in, head for the head for the uh, sheds. Can, can I start? Can yep. I, I just want to get one out of the way just to see how we go. So we're going to make these the, the best of, Hutchie. It's not the worst of, it's the best of. Right. Even if it's a derogatory type of award, we're going to refer to it as the best of. So I'm just going to start with the best fake barbecue photo opportunity. Well, the nominees obviously are. The nominees are, and there's a few. Matthias Cormann um, did one early in the year. Now, Matthias Cormann, former Australian politician, um, just did one. But then it got trumped by what Scott Morrison did. He was at Kirribilli. He was serving one of his quasi-quarantine periods. He tried to make himself relatable. Hey, look at me on day 12 of my quarantine. I'm cooking a barbecue. Now, Hutchie, on closer inspection of photo posted on social media by Scott Morrison at the barbecue, trying to be really cool. Holding the spoon in a way that is not natural. That's just one thing. The other ingredients and food around the table, to the best of my ability, and I know a little bit about the kitchen, it was to make a curry. There was eggplant. There were curry sauces. Another problem, you, you get to the uh, the barbecue itself, no heat on barbecue. Barbecue's not on. And then you, and on the weekend, we just had another barbecue of uh, Daniel Andrews. An elbow. And, and elbow. Elbow. Have a look at those steaks. They look, they look beautiful steaks. But they have not been cooked on the barbecue in that photo, Hutchie. That is an open grill. There is not one grill <laughs> line on those steaks, Hutchie. As much as I want to partake in those yep. steaks. So best yeah, fake three. barbecue. No, so I reckon elbow and Daniel Andrews trump ScoMo for that particular reward this year. I'm going with ScoMo. Uh, albeit on the weekend, have you had a look at Dan Andrews' tongs? You don't use kitchen tongs on your fake barbecue. <laughs> no, nah, see, shop. I didn't pick up on that. that now, that's a good they, look they at that are photo. Your, your standard <laughs> nah. kitchen tongs. You've got to get the big dude tongs. That's a salad tong. That's a salad tong they're using. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lettuce leaf tong. No, that's a good, point. That's a good pick up. So I'm, he I'm, wins. I'm going with ScoMo <laughs> because he was taking his own personal photographer. He had more chances than anyone to get it right because he got his own snapper. No, it's a good pick-up on yours on yeah, the tongs. But the tongs on the 10 <laughs> entries. Uh, well, the best use of Zoom is easy. I'm not even going to be any nominations here. The winner is very clear. Well, well, before we name the winner, let's go back to the, the time when the coach of Collingwood Footy Club resigned. 
Mark, in respect to the uh, any coach, Bucks, uh, Serge. Can I just, uh, Bucks, can you hear me? <laughs> Bad weather up here. I'm not getting the connection. Can you hear me, Bucks? Yes, you're coming in loud and clear, Robert. <laughs> I'm apprehensive. No, no, no. There you go. So Nathan Buckley. And, and it went on, Hutchie. Yeah, that went on. We've actually cut that back to 23 seconds. It goes for about five minutes. Yep. The best track taking out the trash I'm going to jump ahead to because there are some significant nominations, Damo. Well, this is your this is your domain, Hutchie. It was an old journalistic phrase, taking out the trash, but you, you've given it a fresh life on the sounding board in the last three or four years. People are onto it now. We get told regularly and alerted and tipped off three or four times a minimum a week now on taking out the trash. Take it away for this year's award, Hutchie. Yeah, look, apologies to go to Basketball Australia for taking the Liz Cambage findings out at 5pm on a Friday. I respect the timing. I say the hat, uh, hand on heart. It was magnificent. Liberal Party with Tim Smith's presser on Melbourne Cup Day was right up there. I thought Port Melbourne's attempt to release the Gary Ayres news in the middle of the Alistair Clarkson story. You love that one. Was superb. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I, th- I thought the the Adelaide 36ers parting away with Connor Henry right on the back of Teague sacking hmm. was magnificent. There were some magnificent ones. Yep. But the, cl- but the clear winner. Do we need a drum roll for this? I think yeah. Jane's got a drum roll. The clear winner. Oh, she does. <laughs> If there is one time to drop a story for the year, you drop it an hour and a half before the quills because every journalist in Australia, unfortunately, is at the bar early at 4pm and not going back under any circumstances. So the 4.35pm Friday drop of the Robert Doyle harassment report was the winner of the taking out the trash for 2021. You could have... There could have been a world war declared. China and the US could have duked it out, and no one was leaving the bar at the Quills. And another strain of COVID, and they sort of ignored that as well. Yep. No, no fear on that night. Yeah, there, there yep. was a Sunday. What happens with the Quills is people walk in Saturday lunchtime and say, big story drop last night. Can you just put a fresh follow-up on that tomorrow? Because put a staff writer's bother on that tomorrow, we, we, we yourself. It. Yeah. So the taking All out right. the trash, uh, and I, I don't make fun of the topic, I make fun of the timing, the timing of, yep. of it. Fair Let's move on to uh, the best breaking Very of... serious of... report, and um, but... Yeah, it was taken out. It was taken out the wrong time at the pre-dinner drink stage of that awards night. Let's go to another one of our favourites, Archie. When someone breaks his or breaks her silence, <laughs> so many, many options. We had a, even a recent uh, addition to the nominees for this one, Archie. Uh, Bonnie Payne, uh, Tim Payne's wife, sat down with Hamish McLaughlin only last two Sundays ago to speak at length enough for a double-page spread, times two, four pages of of interview, and then a day later, one of the news limited outlets said. Bonnie Payne breaks her silence on social media. So that was a nomination only because there was only one winner of this award this year, Harold Sun, about a month after the Olympics. The, one of the great images, Dean Boxall, the coach of Ariana Titmus, who celebrated in a way like no other person's ever celebrated anything on the, on the moment Ariana Titmus won her first gold medal, uh, had done 367 interviews before he got back from the Olympics. And then a month later, <laughs> interviewing the Herald Sun, Breaks his silence. We've all done it, Hutchie. All of these awards we would have won in previous years, by the way. The breaks of silence. <laughs> Hopefully we've done nothing else. We've put a little bit more rigour into the sub-editor's world of breaks of silence for the year. The best source attribution, also known as the most courageous journalism of the year. Yep. Um, it was hard to go past a few. Uh, the age sources with knowledge of the process. Byline was the age's view. <laughs> Uh, what about what about the use of the phrase 
an impeccable source yep. in the Herald Sun. Fox Sports <laughs> and their staff writer. Staff writers. <laughs> we interviewed staff writer or writers. Uh, Tom Brown's insight into David Teague sacking where he quoted, quite unquote, influential direct blues sources. <laughs> but I, I can't go past an old favourite, Damo. Yeah. Drum roll if we can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a lucky gag. <laughs> not going to hear one. You need to bring that sound effect. Nothing's funny. I don't mind that. I don't mind that sound effect. You can use that one in a minute. The Herald Sun's secret list manager can't, <laughs> can't get beaten. Like, when, you, when you're when you an unnamed list manager, yeah. the unnamed list managers have become part of football folklore. It's, Everyone... Chris, it's Chris Pelkin, isn't it? No, I don't think that's right, is it? I don't know, isn't it? I think oh. he... Oh, well, he could have been. Well, you can take that. The words of David, not necessarily attributable to well, uh, may not have been, but Sports it... Entertainment Network or its or its publishing <laughs> properties. The secret list manager. If you are going to sit, by, if you're not going to be named and criticise those that are calling out names, that is the next level. A secret list manager. Secret list manager. All right, we'll do a I'm couple of you, I'm going to tell you all the mistakes people have made, but I'm not prepared to tell you who I My am. My own. <laughs> <laughs> um, best police investigation went to the Victoria Police. So she's doing an amazing amount of work, particularly in um, as we speak on the, the missing campers. But they get the award this year for uh, the Chief Commissioner of Victoria Police saying this, we have been unable to determine the substance on the plate in relation to yep. the famous Kmart plate used by Nadia Bartel. We'll move on. Best soundboard of the year. I had, that, I had that as my best boat race of the year, which was the predetermined <laughs> outcome. The, the, oh, okay. Kmart plate. Well, I've the given best, that the best police investigation best award. Best boat so. race. Best boat. Okay, it could be either. Uh, best soundboard. We, we love people who talk in soundbites usually, but I loathe the bloke who's won the award this year and there's only one person who could win it this year because that's all he does. He talks in sound bites. Resilience, strength, character, determination. That's what beats a virus. Never fear. How good is that for a sound good bite? Sound bite. Yeah. And the best knockout... That was ScoMo, by the way. The best knockout punch and also winning the best doorstop award Oh yeah, goes to uh, the French... Is it the Prime Minister? French yeah. President, isn't it? Emmanuel Macron? Yes. yes. For, for this... Can you trust Scott Morrison again? Can you trust Scott Morrison again? We discussed. I'm, I, I do respect. Can you trust him, though? I mean, we will, we will see what he will deliver. I have a lot of respect for your country. I have a lot of respect and a lot of friendship for your people. I just say when, you, when we have respect, you have to be tool and you have to behave in line and consistently with this value. Do you think he lied to you? I don't think. I know. That last line. That is one of the great quotes yeah. of our time. Of our time. I don't think. I know. That will be used in the in the campaign yep. without question by the Federal Labor Party. So now, actually, there's also best warming category this year and forget all the you know, nominees. I'm just, just nervous here. Just get the cutaway shot. There's this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll the nominees pap, are. We'll pap you on the way out of this studio, okay? So we'll get uh, we'll get J-Town down here to pap you on the way out. J-Town. <laughs> <laughs> so put your colour down because you are the uh, the standout runaway winner with this. It's, it started with an article earlier in the year in one of the entertainment sections. I can't recall if it was The Age or The Herald Sun, but you were juggling balls, you were holding a cricket bat, you were kicking a soccer ball. It then went into new realms when you and the beautiful Claire ended up appearing together on Don't Shoot the Messenger. The warming of Craig Hutchison from that, as I described you at the time, Hutchie, that, that forgotten chicken fillet at the back in the recesses of, of, of the freezer in the kitchen. It's been there for three years, Hutchie. You're being defrosted and you're almost ready to be eaten. As you've been warm, Hutchie. Thank you, Damo. It's been, a, it's been a life's ambition to be a little less hostile. <laughs> And I think I'm slowly making some territory, but a long, long way to go. One, now, I'm a one out of ten. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one for on a platter for Most, myself, Hachi. Yeah, there's I'm, a best renter for the year, and I want to jump in first before you probably 
talk about another renter. Uh, Peter Volandis actually used the phrase, I, phrase, I live rent-free rent free. in their heads. <laughs> and he does in every single person in sports administration, but twi- particularly Victorian racing people, he lives rent-free in their heads. Worst Neighbour of the Year award goes to you, <laughs> who, of course, had the famous spat with your next-door neighbour in Middle Park after they did some building, inadvertently flooded your house. You had to get the insurance involved. Uh, you potted them a few times on this podcast and he said to me, don't stop potting them because they're getting angry about it. And then all of a sudden they wrote to us legally saying, don't mention them ever again. I've clearly taken that on board. Uh, and then you moved out. You, you, you grabbed me one day, just to the record on this, you, you did know I was down in, the, down in the dumps a little bit one day. You said, listen, mate, what's wrong? And I, and I made the mistake of, of hinting to you, which I never normally do, that there was a little issue, and that's all it was, just a very minor little hiccup, a, a little wrinkle in, in, our, in our house situation. And you just picked that up and ran with it and gave it a life of its own, Hutchie. And I forever regret telling you something that I should have kept private. And I didn't even give you much anyway. And I've paid the letter they wrote to us to respect it deserves, turn it into content. The uh, small claims tribunal is still involved, as is the ombudsman. You are back in the house, albeit not talking to the neighbour. If you're driving past Damo's house, it's the house to the left that he's in dispute with, not the right. No, that's not. <laughs> you just I, was actually, I was actually trying to work it out. That's an old trick of journalism is you put the inaccuracy forward and see if it gets no, washed out. If it's a, are you looking at the house or you are you uh, looking from the house? I'll leave that in. <laughs> that's what I was trying to work out myself. But yeah, the neighbor, fair to say the Christmas party in the street this year won't be the same. The what, most, un, what, most unfortunate sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> Very clear winner. <laughs> most unfortunate sponsorship. So I'm, they're a fantastic uh Contributor to Australian sport. Yes, who is? Crown Casino had their time again. I think. Set it up, though, because we. Well. <laughs> our man, because we couldn't do the awards without our man, Nick McKenzie Winks, getting a mention somewhere. Winks, Nick McKenzie scooped the pools. Yes. At the Walkleys. I think it was Walkleys, wasn't it? For, or Quills, one of the two. Yeah, he does every year anyway. It's just a matter of just, – he just runs first, second and third every single year in every single major most award. journalism. But this one was the takedown of the whole Crown operations. Yeah, he, he single-handedly took Crown to task and got them into the Royal Commission and the whole thing. And he won a, a bag of journalistic awards. Unfortunately for Crown, <laughs> and a little ironical for him, the awards uh, ceremony was held – at Crown Casino, where he was welcomed on stage by the in-part sponsor Crown and acknowledged on the night, and I, I feel for Crown on that one. And you took our listeners oh. on that week in question into the conversation last, that would have been had at Crown that week. Last Listen, thing. Can, can you just run a buy at uh, at at 7.45 p.m. to announce the major award winner this year of the of the event that we're giving our space to yeah. hold? Yeah. Young journalist of the year to find the next Nick McKenzie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well done, um, Nick. Now we'll, f- we'll finish off these awards, Hutchie, with the best clickbait of the year article. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one because seriously, every single article is a clickbait form. My look was it was it Nathan Buckley's girlfriend showing off the abs in a photo walking down the street. I mean that that was right up there. Uh, Buddy Buddy Franklin. There was a eight hundred footballers being reunited in some form no, with, with family. But Buddy Franklin being your uh, Eddie Maguire's secret return to TV, even though he had a contract to be on TV no. after he left Collingwood. Uh, Dustin Martin was once wearing underwear, Hutchie, even though it was a paid sponsorship for the brand that he's promoting. Uh, there were lots of other articles, Hutchie, but the one that I will forever remember and never forget out of 2021 was Jimmy Bartell 
walking past his holder house where he, the father of two, this is according to the Daily Mail, stared pensively into the distance as he meandered down the footpath, perhaps lost in thoughts about his former life as a married man. That being under a headline, Jimmy Bartel walks past former house. That, that's the best clickbait article of the year. Easily the best clickbait. It's the best clickbait article ever, ever done. He, he's, he was perhaps lost in thoughts about his former life perhaps as a married man. It. Yeah, it was terrible. And it went on too. It gave some detail. He might have been thinking what it was once like to play with the kids in that house. Oh, please. It was, it was, I always want, wanted to come up with a post... What is the word... Um, it's not posthumously. It's what? What's the word? Posthumously. That's twice you've you picked up on that one. Posthumously. Yeah. Yeah. So the word when it's you not report on the on the on people that have departed. Yes. There's a, there's been a new um, unfortunate race that's emerged, which is how to tell an untold story about someone who sadly left us. Yeah. That's happening a lot. Actually, there is that is happening. A, a, the runner an up. inordinate amount of time. Is it the story insertion though? As much as anything, isn't it? The runner up was uh, Peter Ford's Bert Newton story, but the winner. Uh, was well, Peter Ford had a story that said Bert said he can't tell us till I've passed, and so Ooh. he did. But the winner was clearly the Bryn Edelston and uh, Jeff Edelston story. Remember that? That's the interview that was forgotten. Years I've ago. tried to forget that one, you can't, can't be sued for it. And so that's that's the winner, no doubt about that. And I think that's that's it. Is there one more to finish with? Yeah, there was one more, but it we probably it's probably run its race. I ran its race fifteen minutes ago. Are you kidding me? I'll get rats race when we ran the the stinger for it. <laughs> Are we going to do that again next? Special year? Con- special commendation to the attempt to control the media, the Hawthorne Footy Club, with the briefing. Oh, yeah, the Alistair yep. Clarkson briefing thirty to forty minutes before it happened. Yep, and trying to you know bring the journos into the tent. To bring the journos in the ten award. It, didn't it lasted for about thirty-five minutes of the hour and a half all there, I think. Yeah. If you go back and look at the people invited and trusted by Hawthorne into the boardroom by Clark Go and Kennett at half an hour jump on everyone else, every single one of them was at war with the club inside forty eight hours. Every single one of them was at war. <laughs> and I think some were at war before the conference too, I think. Yep. So yeah. the, the, anyway, but they nearly controlled it for thirty five minutes. Uh Actually, I think that's it for episode 44, series six, which is the final one of 2021. What, what are you going to plan for 2022? Are you going to buy another basketball club? Are you going to sell the Perth Wildcats after selling Melbourne United to buy the Perth Wildcats? And- I couldn't even tell you what's on for the weekend, don't I? But uh, we've got uh, questions to drop. We do. So we'll save our thank yous for the questions, which will drop tomorrow. And... I want to, thank, I want to say a, a massive thank you to Jane Neal, the our producer. Got two more episodes to come, Damo. Yeah, but this is the main don't, body don't of the Senate. Getting your thank yous out we're, not, now. we're not doing thank yous in in what the scorecard. All right, well you can do your thank yous now. Go I'm thanking Jane Neal. There you go. No, that's it. I don't want to thank one person, and, and I'll thank you too. Jane's done an amazing job as our producer. You can hear Jane's voice in the scorecard edition, and you can of course hear Jane on Two CH every day, where she does a magnificent job as the daytime announcer as well, and you can hear her. Often on Caro's Don't Shoot the Messenger, which gets the lion's share of our production time. We get uh, <laughs> half an hour to an hour a week. Well, we got a stinger for the Sandies today. She works full time for, for uh, Don't Shoot the Messenger. And we I think get, she does, actually. Yeah, we get rented. We rent Jane for a half an hour a week off uh, we, we Corey. Used to, we used to get a form of a running sheet. We sort of got a couple of bullet well, points. Well, as, as Don't Shoot's grown, uh, our, our uh, share of Jane time has subsided, <laughs> and we acknowledge that. So well done to everyone involved. Uh, thank you to Drinkwise again and to Simon Strawn and to yes. Nathan and their team for their unbelievable support. And remember, Damo, when yeah, you're most importantly, to have a drink, choose to drink wise over this holidays. Have a great holidays. You too. Good luck in the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> see you back in March. And uh, the- see, I'll see you back in January, Hachi.
and this has been the Sounding Board Series what? Uh, six. Episode. We might have missed the milestone this year. We might have done the 250 this year, and you've missed it. Oh, I could have turned that into a cheesy yeah, for an episode, couldn't we? Could have, yeah. could have done a fresh episode. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow, and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP, and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.